0: Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, you're stuck with me. We're going to talk about voting as a faithful Catholic, how to have a well-formed conscience, how to vote based on those moral foundational issues, because it's critical. We all know that elections have consequences. We see it. No matter where we live, right, depending on who we elect, it can change the laws in our town. It can change the opportunity to live our faith out in the public square. It could change the way we speak the way we, and the way it goes today. So we're going to talk about today how to vote as a faithful Catholic, but really how to vote as a faithful citizen who is based and rooted in the moral foundations of our church. We hear that we should urge all fellow citizens to see beyond party politics, to analyze campaign rhetoric critically, and to choose political leaders according to principle and not party. Right. This is from the USCCB back in the late 90s, but it still holds today and it held before then. Right. We shouldn't be concerned with personalities, but with principles we should worry about the individuals and their track record right don't let fancy rhetoric cloud what they really stand for and so we're going to talk about some of those moral foundational issues we're going to talk about how to vet a candidate look just because grandma and grandpa voted democrat or grandma and grandpa voted republican doesn't mean that that's what we should do We need to vote based on the individual and what do they stand for or not stand for, whatever the case may be. But it is critical that we get involved in the political process. We are not just observers. We need to be participants. And we're not going to call on one political party or the other. But look, what they stand for should dictate who we should vote for everybody should defend life from conception through natural death, right? Those are kind of non-negotiables. And we're going to talk about why this is so important. So first of all, we need to make sure that respect and dignity of each person, right? We need to have what's true and vote for truth and not false compassion, right? Just because We like somebody doesn't mean we agree or vote for them if they're against those moral foundational issues, kind of life, marriage, religious liberty, those type of things. Right? We need to focus on the common good, right? What's the common good? Well, for one, strong families make for a strong community, a strong country, and a strong world. That is in the best interest. That is the common good of everyone. When families, that nuclear family is strong, things go well. Our church is stronger. Our community is stronger. But as we've seen in the last couple decades and longer than that, the nuclear family has been attacked from all angles. And so that needs to be one of the principles if we're voting for somebody, right? We do have a responsibility to vote. We do have to participate in the civic life of our nation. Pope Francis said good Catholics immerse themselves in politics by offering the best of themselves so that the leader can govern. That means we need to elect leaders that actually govern, but also hold our values. Look, we've elected a bunch of numbskulls on both parties for a long period of time. That's why we are where we are. We need to make sure that we vet these people. Why are we voting for people who are promoting abortion, who are promoting same-sex marriage, who are attacking religious liberty at every angle? It makes zero sense, because if we're going to live as good, faithful Catholics, as good, faithful Christians in the world, we have to embrace these foundational issues, not throw caution into the wind and vote for somebody just because somebody said something or they Again, they look good on TV. None of that stuff matters if there's no substance to them, if there's no foundation. There's nothing worse, I have found, and hopefully you agree, that when somebody claims to be Catholic and goes against all the basic foundational teachings of the Church, right? they may be Catholic in name, they may be Catholic because they were baptized, but they're sure not practicing Catholics. And so the scrutiny should be made by each and every one of us just because somebody says that they're from a a particular religious community. We need to make sure, are they upholding those values? Because otherwise, it's ridiculous, right? They're just lying to us, trying to say that we're one thing when we don't even believe in the tenets of that faith. So a person's word matters, but their actions and words have to meet. So, to w- have a well-formed Catholic conscience and be true to the teachings of the Church, we have to study the teachings of the Church. We have to know the whys behind them. Right? Archbishop Fulton Sheen said, When a democracy loses its moral sense, it can vote itself right out of democracy. And it doesn't seem like we're that far away from that, unfortunately. But study the teachings of the Church. Why does the church teach that life is a preeminent issue? Why is marriage between a man and a woman so foundational to the nuclear family? Why is religious liberty important? Those are things we should understand, as well as contraception, right? Gender identity, all these things, if we understand the beauties of the teachings of the church— We can articulate and understand this is meant for our best interest, right? To have that happiness, joy, that fulfillment in our lives. And when we ignore them, we have chaos. And that's exactly what we have in our world today, right? We have anarchy going on. We have people calling everybody names. No one can even have a civil conversation. Uh, We're going to be spending the next, you know, couple months uh, really being inundated with political ads don't fall for all the garbage. Look at what they stand for and how do they align with the teachings of the church. The other reason to know the teachings of the church is to be able to articulate them, to just tell somebody, oh, by the way, that's just because that's what the church says, or that's just one of the rules of the church, has not only zero impact, it has negative impact. Right? If we can't say the why behind it, then we shouldn't answer until we do. So very important, right? We need to understand and be able to apply and articulate natural law. Why were we made? Why were we created? Right? It's like a television set. You could use a television set to hold your door open. It's not why it was made. It's not its best use, but you could do that. We buy a television set to watch movies or to see the news or watch TV programs, whatever they may be that's its right use. So we need to be able to articulate our, why were we created? What is our purpose? And not go off on these tangents and say, well, it can't. we could do this. But if that's not what we're meant to do, we need to be able to articulate, articulate that as well. We need to pray, right? The third step, we need to pray for a better understanding. We need to pray for guidance, wisdom, and most of all, courage. We have to be able to speak the truth out in the public square, Because if we don't and we remain silent, then we're complicit with all the things that are going on in this world. And so we need to make sure that we know the truth and can articulate the truth. And that is incumbent upon each and every one of us. That's what we're called to do, right? We're called as faithful Catholics to go out into the world and share the good news. At the end of every Mass, we're told to go announce the gospel of the Lord. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your lives. All these things are meant for us to go to church, to be filled with Jesus' graces through His body and blood, right? Be fed through the Word, and then go out and share the truth with people. Critical. And so I'm going to give just a couple of quotes just to back up so you don't think I'm just making this stuff up off the fly. All right, at the National Prayer Breakfast back in 1997, right? Mother Teresa then, now Saint Mother Teresa. What is taking place in America, she said, is a war against the child. And if we accept that the mother can kill her own child, how can we tell other people not to kill one another? Hard to argue with that logic, is it? How about marriage? So Archbishop Salvatore Corleone life marriage and religious liberty are not only foundational to catholic social teaching but also fundamental to the good of society and then humani or uh, dignitas humane, right 1965 pope paul vi the right of the human person to religious freedom is to be recognized in the constitutional law whereby society is governed And thus, it is to become a civil right. The right of the human person to religious freedom. We have to be able to live our faith out in the public square. When politicians say, hey, you can do whatever you want in the walls of the church, but when you come out here, we will tell you what to do. You cannot vote for them. Right? That is a total restriction on religious liberty. It's an attack on Christianity And other faiths too, right? Everybody should be able to live their faith out into the public square. I always get the argument well, what about all these other issues? Why do you just focus on these? Well, first of all, life. Pope Francis told the bishops that protecting human life, especially unborn babies, is a preeminent priority. Preeminent. Not secondary, not one of many. Preeminent. Marriage and family. St. John Paul II, as the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. We mentioned religious freedom. Now, there are other issues, right, that we should be serious about, whether it's immigration, universal health care, helping the poor, you know, climate change, right? We hear all these things. Now, look, reasonable people can have different stances on this, Right? I mean, in terms of immigration, just to say, there might be one side that says, no immigration, nobody can come, and the other side that says, let anybody in, no restrictions. Look, reasonable people are going to kind of come to the middle on that. The same with climate change. Look, climate change, we're told, you know, we're supposed to be good custodians of the world. But climate change is not more important than defending life from conception through natural death. It just isn't. Right? You know, people can differ on their opinions and on what needs to be done. You can't differ on whether we are created male and female. You can't differ on marriages between a male and a female. You can't differ that life begins at conception. Those are facts. Those are true. Universal health care, another one, right? Right. People can have differing opinions and come to a consensus. Helping the poor, how best to help the poor, right? There's different ways to do it. So we need to understand that those where you can have differing agreements and, and come to a mutual understanding, yeah, those are important, but they are not foundational issues. So Catholics, please vote with a well-formed conscience, Choose candidates who respect life, morality, marriage, family, and our basic religious freedoms. It is critical that we keep eternal truths at the forefront as we vote, study the issues, and choose candidates who respect faith. That is actually a quote from Bishop Strickland from Tyler, Texas. This isn't my just making it up. It's critical that we understand that this is where we are, and this is what we're doing. So what are some of the things going on in our world that should be at the top of mind, right? We just went through, or still continuing to go through, a pandemic, right? We had the closing down of churches. Now, let's remember, churches closed down, but through most of the country, abortion clinics stayed open, liquor stores stayed open. Those that have legalized marijuana allowed pot shots, shops, easy for me to say, to stay open. Where are our priorities when faith can be restricted and even closed down for fear of catching a virus? Now, I understand we need to take precautions that, look, all that stuff makes sense, but the Lord's pretty sharp. He gave us this thing called an immune system. That is to help us fight these type of things didn't say, let's close down all churches and keep the sacraments away from people because that's the greatest healing that we can have. Obviously, that's ridiculous. So churches being closed down, right? More financial dependence on the government. Hmm. Sounds like socialism to me, right? That's the first step, right? We want to have people become dependent so that we can then tell them what to do, right? We have calls to eliminate the police, You know, wherever you're listening, you know, there are people who think we should get rid of the police and create like a peace force, right, where they they can't carry any weapons and they can't arrest anybody. I'm sure that's a recipe for a great world, isn't it? How about attacks on family through abortion, right? I mentioned uh, abortion clinics stayed open during the pandemic, right? We have Black Lives Matter targeting, look on their webpage the nuclear family, right? We have social media censoring free speech. These things are not good. When we go to the polls, what do these politicians stand for? Are they they defending this? What are they doing? The other thing to understand is, look, elections are important at all levels. We're going to be electing a president. You know, some may be electing senators. Uh, A lot of things are going on. But don't forget subsidiarity, right, part of Catholic social teaching. Keep an eye on the lowest levels. So don't discount lower-level elections, city councils, school boards. We need people of good faith in these locations or in these offices because throughout the country they're doing drag queen story times in libraries and mayors and city councils are endorsing this, right? What's being taught in our schools to our children? You go to a public school right now and see the curriculum on promoting abortion, on promoting gender fluidity, on promoting same-sex marriage. I mean, elections have consequences. Do your homework. We all need to do our homework so that we understand what's going on and what's at stake. What do people stand for? If they're coming knocking at your door, ask them. Go to their website. Call them up, right? If they're already in office, they usually have regular meetings. Go ahead and ask them and tell them what you stand for, right? We need to defend life, right? Abortion is abhorrent. It should never be allowed under any circumstances. Remember, Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill doesn't matter. It doesn't say, "Well, is, it in, is the child in the womb? Is it a child? Where are they on the spectrum? What about assisted suicide? We are not God, nor should we play God, nor should we elect somebody who's choosing to play God. And that's what we have throughout our country. right? And remember, when we elect people, it also has a direct link to our judiciary system. Whether it's the Supreme Court, whether it's appellate courts, whatever they are, we have the court system, the judiciary, easy for me to say, legislating from the bench. So who we elect, who are they going to put in in those important positions? And who, oh, by the way, on the Supreme Court, those are lifetime positions. Where are we with that? Do we pay attention to that? Is it important to us? Where are they? What do they stand for? What are they thinking? Really important. We need to remember that we have some running throughout the country who believe that socialism is where we should be. They are wrong. Socialism is against the teachings of the Catholic Church. And if you want to see how poor socialism actually does... Go look at Venezuela, one of the richest countries in South America before socialism. Now the average uh, Venezuelan has lost anywhere from 15 to 20 pounds. There's lines for food. I mean, people are digging out of garbage trucks because everything's hit the fan. You can't have this type of government because the government becomes God and the people become widgets. Just tools for the government. Uh, we need to—they treat people as a means to an end. There is no inherent dignity. Government decides what's best for you and your family. So, some people ask, "Well, what's the difference between socialism and communism?" Well, virtually they're two sides of the same coin. But many of you may have heard of Ayn Rand, who wrote *When Atlas Shrugged* and *The Fountainhead*. She was an atheist, a Russian atheist. She says the difference between communism and socialism is merely the difference between murder and suicide. So socialism comes into effect because, or comes into play when we get all these rosy pictures of it so that we can vote for it and it comes in and it becomes a train wreck. Communism just bulldozes its way in, doesn't worry about the elections. So we need to make sure that we understand. What is happening? What do people stand for? So, as I mentioned, these are against the teachings of the Church. Pius IX, back in the mid-1800s, said, "...you are aware indeed that the goal of the most iniquitous plot is to drive people to overthrow the entire order of human affairs." and to draw them over to the wicked theories of this socialism and communism by commu- confusing them with perverted teachings. Leo Thirteenth calls socialism a hideous monster. Communism, socialism, nihilism, hideous deformities of the civil society of men, and almost its ruin. And you can go on and on and on to get quotes from the church on how dangerous this is. Look, when we get into these type of systems, and look, we have people running on these type of platforms. They're trying to flower it up. Look, you can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. So to call socialism democratic socialism is not doing anything but trying to confuse people and get them to vote for something that, in the end, the church is against. We want the dignity of the human person, right? They can't have that dignity when the means of production are taken over from the government. When they tell us where we can live, what we can say, what we can eat, what our kids should do, In the end, socialism likes to tell us how best to raise our children. So socialist countries, you lose the freedom as a parent. All these things need to be taken into consideration. So you may say, well, how do I even find out about these candidates? Well, first of all, television commercials, Pandora ads, social media ads are not the places to do that. Go on their websites. See who is supporting them. See where they stand on particular issues. They will spell it out there. If you're unclear, call up their office. Call up their campaign and ask them. Send them an email. These are really important. Go to their websites. Go to YouTube. See how they've spoken at different locations. Right? How do they say things? And the other thing is, you know, if they've been politician for decades, which some have, right, go and see how they've spoken at different places in their political career and how astonishingly they may have devolved into supporting or being against all these moral foundational issues because of the money and they think they can get votes for it. Look, if there are people running for election who will tell you, and there are many on both sides, whatever you want to hear just to get your vote, you should run. We need to make sure that we understand what they're doing. How about looking at their voting record if they've been in office? Right? You can go to justfacts.votesmart.org to see where do people... How did, these, how did these politicians who are looking for reelection? how did they vote on particular issues? It will be obvious. If they have a 100% rating from NARAL, Cobalt, Planned Parenthood, you name it, then they are against life issues. It's not hard to find out. Again, contact them. Call them. Set up meetings. If they're already in office, many of them have monthly town hall meetings and very few people ever show up. It is critical that we voice our opinions, that we vote based on a good, sound Catholic conscience. This world is not the world we would desire if we were going to create it. We have spent decades electing people who have chipped away, chipped away, chipped away at the moral foundations of our lives, the moral foundations of the church. It's not surprising that we are where we are today. So life, marriage, religious freedom, critical to what we're trying to do. And that is have a society that embraces the nuclear family that has a society where no matter what your faith is, you can live it in the public square. A society where children are safest in the womb of their mother and that somebody at the end of life doesn't become a target to be killed because they have no value. That's what we should have, right? But going back... The da- most dangerous place for a child is in the womb of their mother. How sad is that? So if we know people who are struggling trying to figure out what candidate to vote for, we should be able to articulate what are those foundational issues that all, ca- that all candidates have. Everybody should be registered to vote. There is no excuse not to register to vote. But we need to be voting on our Catholic conscience. We need to be voting based on the teachings of our church. This is why we are where we are today, because of our lack of understanding with the church. So, that's a lot of rambling If you would like to have more information on how to vote with a Catholic conscience, go to respectlifedenver.org. We are offering to do talks, parishes, anywhere, on these particular issues. So remember, being involved in the political process is our civic duty. Continue to evaluate candidates and vote for candidates That have embraced the moral foundational teachings of our church